Welcome to Finding Certainty with your host and U.S. Army veteran, Patrick Lang. Over the next hour, you'll learn from Patrick and his expert guests how to attract more certainty into your business and your life. Now, here is your host, Patrick Lang. Welcome to Finding Certainty. This is Patrick Lang, your host, and I'm very pleased to have a special guest today, Mr. Larry Morbit Wayne. Or do you say Larry Wayne Morbit? Which you uh, yeah. prefer, Larry? <laughs> well, I normally just use Larry Wayne or Larry Wayne Morbit. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we, uh, we get, we'll have to tell the story behind your name and why <laughs> We'll have why, to why it is what it is, <laughs> but I really appreciate you being here on, on Finding Certainty with us today. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So I always start out the show with sharing two reasons why I've invited this specific guest. And first and foremost, Larry is a, a consummate uh, entertainer and performer. He was on Broadway for 17 years, uh, the majority of that with Phantom of the Opera. And uh and so he's he's got a very interesting story about someone who's pursued his passion and and turned it into a career and continues to to wow audiences today with with his talent and his his service and you know the second reason is I I really would love to peel back the layers of of what it means and and how does one go about to pursue their passion, to truly take something they love and make it into a career. I mean, I think that's a, a dream of so many of us. And I, and I think it's a dream that very, very few actually accomplish. It's definitely the minority, not the majority. It's less than 50%, I'm sure, who ever feel like their dreams are realized. And you've done exactly that, Larry. So you're a great example for me. And I think our listeners are going to enjoy getting to know you better and hear your story. And maybe we can share some insights for them in how to create more certainty in their own endeavors, in their own pursuit of their dreams, as uh, however that applies. So, so thank you for being here. I know you're busy, and I know you have a lot on your plate between your, your work and also your service. I know you're a pastor as well, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, how we're all trying to give back in today's uh age of uncertainty, right? We're all, we're all yes. trying to create more certainty for people right. in their lives, and you're most definitely doing that. But um, why don't we start out by you sharing a little bit about your background? Where did you come from? Mm -hmm. What what took you from a young boy to realizing you had this talent and or at least this interest in, in crafting it into being a, you know, a superstar, if I may. <laughs> I like that. It's a good word. You know, my story really isn't so unusual in certain ways, but I'll make it very succinct. Um, my father is the youngest of 10 kids, and his father came from Italy. And the family name is Morabito, or they might even say Morabito. But at Ellis Island, they said, oh, no, you've got to Americanize it. So they changed it to Morbit. And uh, so, unfortunately, I've gone through life with a, a, a bogus name, really, I think. And my dad eventually, later in his life, changed it back to the original. My mom is, um, her folks came here in the early 1800s from uh, England. <clears throat> so I'm English and Italian. Grew up in Ventura, California. But I grew up in a family that really loved the Lord. And we were, we were folks that were very much devoted to our faith in Jesus Christ. And so church was very much a part of who I was from a very early uh, time. In fact, my my uh, mother was so devoted, she did not allow us to have television in our home. So I grew up in a home without television, which means I spent a lot more time listening to music and spending time uh, performing. And by sixth grade, believe it or not, I knew I was going to sing. Uh, and so I was very, very grateful for that in the long run. But I did find this. My folks were not necessarily the most uh, sophisticated when it came to the arts. Uh, and so I had to really find a way to focus. Uh, and, it, and at school, I did play trumpet, was an orchestra the whole time, but my parents would never allow me to be in choir because they thought it was a waste of time. But I found myself doing a lot of other singing which was a, a very, very great thing. And, and people were supportive. But I, uh, here's, one, here's an observation I, I, I make a lot. In the mid-20th century, you found a lot of pop singing and eventually turned into rock singing. But 
I would say that most of those folks got into the pop world because, well, they were exposed to live music much earlier, those who went to church. A lot of and gospel was, background in absolutely. pop music, isn't and there? We were hearing live music Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, midweek services, and that really was an informative thing, and it certainly informed me. And uh, just it happened that by the time I was a senior in high school, ran out of classes to take, joined the choir in my last semester and took all the solos and, <laughs> and became the uh, choir conductor, student conductor. And But playing trumpet was really good because eventually when I went to get my music degree in college, uh, I had a strong enough background in theory by playing an instrument. Vocalist had a terrible time in theory and in, 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 in college of music. Okay. That it indeed helped me to continue on and, of course, earn a, an undergrad degree and a graduate degree in music. That's so, Larry, question. Did you say your dad was the youngest of 10 or you were the youngest no, of 10? He was the youngest of 10. And, uh, and where do you fit in? My, I, my, I ask because my wife is the oldest of 10 and those <laughs> large families have these amazing dynamics, right? Well, it really is, although it was kind of sad for him because by the time his mom had him, you know, it had been a 20-year span. Oh, yeah. There's and, two and, different uh, generations and, almost. And his siblings ended up raising him yep. in, in so many ways. I was the oldest of, of uh, two. And eventually my dad has a second marriage. And so I have two uh, half siblings who I adore. Okay. So I, I'd like to say I have three siblings and uh, I'm the only one that sings apparently. So. <laughs> wow. So what part of the country did you grow up in? You said Venture. I uh, grew up in, was born in uh, San Joaquin Valley in uh, uh, California and uh, grew up in Ventura. And that was important because I spent a lot of time on the beach. So I became a swimmer in high school on the swim team. And man, I, if there's any sport I'm into, it it would be, it, it's water, anything water. That's what I love. Well, I would imagine that being a swimmer um, helped with your lung capacity, right? Which helped with your singing. Is that well, that's a great observation because not only is that true, but I played trumpet for 12 years. Right. And that certainly helped as well. I found out once I got to college, though, they wouldn't let me continue playing trumpet and be a vocal major because our system of breathing is different. And that's what made it difficult for me to be an opera singer and also to dance and do Broadway dancing. Right. Dancers uh, breathe very differently from most of the singers, especially the singers that use their entire voice. Yeah. That's interesting. I've, I've, I know several um, athletes and artists and others that kind of came to this crossroads, you know, fork in the road, right? Where they were a baseball player and a football player, and they had to pick a lane if they truly wanted to become the best in their class, right? And because I, as much as you may have a passion for both, you may love doing both, I really think there's something to be said about picking one thing and doing it well. If you try to do too many things at once, you don't end up doing either of them or any of them as well as you could have. And so I'm not surprised they made you choose because they knew maybe even more than you, or before you did that that was going to be an important choice. Well, it was the best. It was the best thing to happen for me. Um, I don't know a lot of people that can um, successfully go in both directions. Maybe you can be a violinist and a singer. And I, I know there are exceptions to every rule, but for me to, to put all of my energy into well, classical singing is what I was taught, uh, operatic singing and learning many languages and singing in many languages. I'm very happy it worked out that way. I could imagine. I think of the book uh, by Malcolm Gladwell. He, if you, if, I don't know if you've read it, but it's called Outliers. Are you yeah. familiar with that book? Yeah. Uh, he analyzes um, several different examples. I mean, he, he uses Bill Gates as one example of a programmer who tells his story of how he 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 claims that you have to have put in 10,000 hours on something before you can even begin to begin thinking of yourself as an expert or oh. before others will ever consider you an expert. It, it, it takes at least 10,000 hours to do that. Well, that's a long time, right? And that actually is not, uh, that makes sense to me. That, 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 look, I, I went to school for five years, my undergrad degree, because I earned a Bachelor of Music Education degree, which the school I went to required a full year of, of student teaching in <laughs> elementary, junior high, and high school, now middle school. But the, the fact of the matter was, 
uh, I went on and continued later in my master's program, the same thing, but I kept taking voice for 20 years. I was taking privately. I kept moving in that direction, uh, exploring. And of course, I was doing a lot of, you know, performing, but it wasn't until a certain moment that I was, in fact, here's something I will say, Luciano Pavarotti, which I, I think maybe is possibly the greatest lyric tenor of the 20th century. There's great dramatic tenors and um, uh, other lighter voices and held in tenors mm-hmm. and so forth and so on. But I would agree. He's the best. Yeah. Really talked about uh, he and other, te- well, especially other singers, a great teacher I took from in Hollywood. He says, Larry, you're really not going to be able to be a good voice teacher until you're through singing. And it, it, because you're still thinking about your voice all the time. Mm-hmm. Once you begin to teach, and you've, you've put that behind you. You're beginning to put your passion in the voices of those that you're teaching. Well, I know people do both. I've tried to do both. I don't think I've been unsuccessful, but I know that I can be far more successful when the center of my passion are those kids that I'm and, and adults that I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I look at um, so many people, and I've had several guests on my my show who are very accomplished at what they do. They're artists or athletes or, you know, former professional athletes, former performers, and even entrepreneurs, right. Who have put in thousands and thousands of hours into their trade. And I think it's a combination of things. And you just hit on one of those as one is putting in that time. And I, I refer to it with my salespeople as what I call the pop principle. You have to have a passion for what you're doing. You have to, analyze it and learn it and study it, put in the time, right? That's the A. And then you have to go to work. I mean, you can't just study forever and never step out into the dark. You have to get up and do that first performance. And even if you fall on your face, you get up again and you get up again and you keep doing it. But in the middle of all that, you have to have mentors. You have to have a coach. Even you see people like Michael Jordan, who has a coach and Tiger Woods, who has a coach, Luciano Pavarotti had a voice coach, I'm sure, who yeah, worked uh, with him over the years. Yes. No, no, no. Listen, this is this is strategic. As a singer, what I am learning is feeling the muscles. <laughs> I can tell you if I'm where I need to be in terms of the register, in terms of even volume, in terms of even pitch, but my ear is not the best a judge of how I'm singing. I need another set of ears much of the time to help me do that. Now, because a lot of singers, when they hear themselves for the first few times recording, they're terrified <laughs> because it doesn't sound anything like what their ear is telling them. Well, right. I get that. And, and and that's why I kept taking voice for over 20 years. And to this day, I'm, I'm very, I have a, a set of mentors that I trust. Did that work? Did you hear any pitch issues? Did you, whatever? Um, no one becomes a big a pro in all this. I mean, heavens, I was taking from Seth Riggs back in the 80s before Seth Riggs went on the road with Michael Jackson. I mean, Seth Riggs is the greatest or the best known voice teacher in Hollywood for years and years. Hmm. But man, uh, and and back in those days in the 80s, I was paying 100 bucks an hour. And in fact, that went up to several hundred dollars in the 90s. I get it. I understand if you have the right mentor who's listening well and helping you keep those things centered, that's, that's worth money in the bank. It is. Yeah. It's a, it's a worthwhile investment, whether it's time or money, uh, whatever it takes. You know, I I think for two main reasons, one, they obviously have the expertise to know what they're doing and to help you and to shorten your learning curve and help you avoid the same pitfalls and mistakes that they've made. Right. And others have made before you. And also, and you just mentioned this briefly, and I believe it's because they're not as close to it as you are. They're outside looking in rather than inside looking out, right? Absolutely. <laughs> like anything, right? You, If you're not, it's like, I'll give you a quick business example. I I was a part of a group called Vistage International or Vistage Worldwide for, uh, for a while. And it's a group of CEOs who meet once a month for the entire day to talk about what's going on in their businesses. And it was interesting because while they had no vested interest in my business, they didn't have ownership, they weren't biased, they cared about my success. But because they were further removed from me, 
They gave me really valuable advice for my company. I highly, highly recommend that for any business people out there, but for any anyone who's trying to accomplish a, a, a goal or a dream to have that kind of unbiased expert feedback. Well, I, I can't, I, listen, uh, The Phantom of the Opera is, of course, the show I did for all those years on Broadway, and we brought it to the Venetian here in Las Vegas. Uh, we did it did. for about six and a half years. A great show. We took a lot of liberties. We shortened it. it the whole production, including the renovation inside the um, auditorium, was $85 million. Wow. I, had, I had no idea. No one spends that kind of money. But when you went in there, you know, the, uh, the theater was lined with uh, boxes of mannequins in full costume with faces painted on by artists using photographs from the Edwardian period in the late 19th century, which was uh, the whole idea of, of this period of time. We spent $6 million just on those costumes and the painting. Well, think about that. You know, it, 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 the detail, it's about detail. It's about constantly uh, keeping uh, track of those things. And I know every time I, I really became very close to a lot of my colleagues in that show, to this day, we listen to one another. To this day, we have a lot of folks who are still living in Las Vegas from that production. They travel mm. all over, but I I need to hear th their their thoughts and their opinions from time to time, because look, uh, if if you stay on your own, uh, you can kind of get off, veer off. The pitch can be a problem. The mm -hmm. way that you're you're uh, pronouncing words, uh, the way that you're approaching the middle register to the upper register, and the, it goes on and on. It, 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 it's important. I'm a contender that a uh, that age really should not be a big factor in this. It's going to take more work because singing is an athletic event. It is. We simply use as many, if not more, smaller muscles, but we use them. But the fact of the matter is, you got to keep working. You have to keep using the voice. That's important. And look at Tom Jones. He's in his uh, early 80s. Sounds amazing. Just amazing. <laughs> so well, taking care of it. Yeah. We are up against our, our first break and uh we're visiting with Larry Wayne Morbit. Morbito, I want to say, but Larry Wayne Morbit, who's a an accomplished vocalist, was on Broadway with Fan of the Opera for 17 years. When we come back, I want to hear a little bit more about your Broadway experience. I think it's a dream of so many that we've either en enjoyed it or we dream of being a part of it. We would love to get an insider's view on that experience a little bit more, if we, if, if, if you wouldn't mind. And uh, we're going to go to a quick break. If you're on our YouTube video version of this, I'll tell you an interesting Luciano Pavarotti story while we're on break. And uh, we'll be right back. Don't go away. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Welcome back to Finding Certainty. This is Patrick Lang, your host, and I'm visiting with Larry Wayne Morbit today. He's a 
vocalist. He was on Broadway for 17 years, if you can imagine. And uh, he continues to perform today at corporate events and and uh, gospel uh, events and conferences and so forth and so on. Um, we were talking before the break, Larry, a little bit about uh, just how we're, we continue to learn, right? Even the very best have coaches. And if you don't have a coach, you're trying to do it on your own, you uh, – you, know, you invariably will not do as well as you could have. I, I'm a big believer in hiring professionals to do what professionals do. That's why I didn't finish my own basement. I didn't put in my own sprinklers. I don't do my own taxes, right? Because I might be able to do it and figure it out, yeah. but I will never do as good a job as someone who that's all they do, right? Absolutely, man. I totally agree with you. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to put you on the, on the spot a little bit because I know you manage your own job so you don't have an agent and i wonder if you are missing business well i, I you know what I, I probably am in fact i shouldn't talk about this but i was asked to do something in new orleans a, a few days ago and i just it, if i had managed things better i could have canceled another event to go do this this was a very lucrative event like this happens i i am really trying to do two things here and i I'm at a point in my life where a lot of people just have stopped singing, but my voice still works. Right. And, uh, oh, I, just still have, it. I have more passion today uh, to be on a stage and communicate. Look, this is, this is a glorious thing. There are a lot of people out there who have an instrument, a vocal instrument. Mm -hmm. but they have nothing to say. You got to have a heart. You have to have something in your heart, and you have to know how to open your heart and be vulnerable and transparent and actually get it to come out of your mouth. That is a process that, for some people, takes many, many years. Others, maybe not so long. But that's really what art is all about, whether you're a sculptor, whether you're a painter, whether you're a dancer, whether you're a vocalist or an instrumentalist, whatever it is, there has to be that moment that you're not just going to show off a technique you're actually going to try to change lives with something you have to say. 100%. That takes time, and it, it takes a constant awareness. For instance, I know what my range is. As I've gotten older, uh, some of my lower notes are a little bit more clear. Uh, I have to work a little differently with the way I do vowels to get up to my high C. It's still there, but I still have to get there in the right way, not what I did five, 10 years ago. In other words, it's like everybody with any gift, with any using muscles, whatever it is, the pathway sometimes has to be slightly altered, but you can find a way to do it, which means you're using muscles in a way you've never used them before. Well, this takes intelligence and it takes work. I don't know what else to say to most my students. I basically it, you got to work. Right, And you have to decide that you're going to still work through your 50s, through your 60s, through your 70s, through your 80s. And I have heard some singers in their 90s sing that absolutely thrill my heart. See, age, age is really something that we've allowed to be um, a roadblock that it should not be. But I couldn't agree more. No, I couldn't agree more. It's, I think it's age is in our mind. They yes, say, I agree. I see. Agree. Moses tells us before the flood that God was going to give us, it come to a point where he'd just give mankind 120 years. Well, okay, so look what happened to Moses. He didn't start working until he was 80. Now, at, when he was under 20, God took him home. <laughs> but I'm telling you that it was from 80, 90s, 100s, and 110s, whatever, he was still leading this incredible group of people through the desert. Well, we, we'd like to think, well, maybe it was what, the, the time and history, and I'm sure it had a lot to do with the food he was eating, the kind of exercise. He wasn't driving. He wasn't didn't have a computer in front of his face. He was right. on his knees a lot talking to God, yes. But I think we all can do that. And we're finding out, aren't we? In the last several decades, all of a sudden, people are living longer. And they are. Because they're learning how to eat correctly and to take care of themselves. So, yeah, we got a lot to do. Absolutely. I think uh, with the advances in medicine and, and I mean, everything, stem cell research and so forth and so on that can 
truly make a difference. I, I ate dinner the other night with a lady who's 104. Love it. She would never tell it. She looks like she's 75 years old. She's still going strong. She has all her faculties. Awesome. 104 years old. Isn't that awesome? I, I, I think that's the, way, that's the way it should be. I, I really do. And I, I admire her. Congratulations to her. Yeah. Well, and speaking of Moses and going back to Noah and Methuselah, they lived hundreds of years. I don't know how they did that, but they probably ate a lot better than us, had well, some from the let, Lord. Let, and, let me and, just say, if you, I don't want to get theological on you here, but there are certain reasons. There was a reason for that flood. I don't want to get theological uh, again, but there was a reason. God was trying to rid the world of certain kind of evil, and you can read about it very clearly in mm-hmm. Genesis, but it had never rained. And whatever that meant, whatever meant oceans coming about and whatever the the gushing coming from the earth and whatever, it changed uh, it changed our environment. The environment was not the same. I'm not going to go into kind of detail and, and try to say that, well, it was because of this and because of that. Something changed. That flood did something. And so we have to realize, yeah, our ability to live as long as maybe they did and, and uh, so forth and so on. Yeah, it's our environment. Absolutely. Takes a little more work these days. We, yes. Uh, we have That's to okay. overcome the elements that have been incorporated into the minerals, the air, the water, other things that have happened. Obviously, there's a lot of things we can do to to do better and to protect I ourselves. Um, I, I absolutely but, agree. So let's get back to Broadway, though, because okay. you, <laughs> you had an experience that many people just dream of i mean i remember the first time i went to a broadway show in new york it was different than even the ones i'd seen in back home in salt lake city and in california it was on broadway at towns you know at times square we saw les mis we saw phantom and we saw miss saigon in that one day and then the, the next day we went and saw uh beauty and the beast which actually was one of my favorites just because of a lot of reasons but what was it like? I mean, tell us how you got into Broadway, if you don't mind. And what was your experience? What was your initial um, impressions of, I mean, you arrived, right? You thought, I actually did it, right? I'm here. <laughs> well, these are great questions. And I look, I knew because, again, grew up without television. Uh, my parents had the Columbia Record Club. And so I was memorizing. As a kid, I'm telling you, even before my voice changed, I'm re- memorizing all these, uh, you know, recordings from South Pacific and Oklahoma and the King and I and blah, blah, blah. Right. I'm crazy, right? But I was. And and by the time I, I'm getting to college, I began to do a lot more activity and drama and so forth and, and college as well as teaching and so forth and so on. And I went into full-time ministry as a minister of music in uh, uh, a year after I graduated from college. Um, but I stayed very active. I was taking voice. I was doing recordings. I was, I was at NBC Studios doing backup singing for four years, and I was mm. constantly involved. But I did know that eventually I would find my way there. But I kept working on it, going between you know being involved in the ministry and so forth. It wasn't until I was you're going to love this, but I had done operas, um, uh, the Des Moines Metro Opera, which was a huge summer program here in the United States, and agents came and saw me sing, and this is. This is during my master's program before my doctoral program. And they said, you're Pianji. And I said, that's great. Who's Pianji? And, and they said, well, it's a Broadway role. Do you like Broadway? And I said, yeah, we could do Broadway. You know, That would be cool. But they got <laughs> me to audition for, for Phantom. I was teaching at Texas Wesleyan University. And I was having a great time. Loved it all. Uh-huh. But, they, but the agents over the people and uh, Phantom said, why don't you come and join our, our show on Basel, Switzerland? Well, it was Andrew Lloyd Webber's production. He was doing it. So it was Incredible. a show with Al Prince. I went there, got my uh, kind of got used to the business, did some smaller roles. But then from there, I went into the first national touring company uh, with the Phantom for a year. Then they took me to Broadway. And Broadway, mm-hmm. and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very honest with your audience. Didn't do any of this until I was 44 incredible no one does that yeah you don't Except, you don't get into broadway in your 20s right see, look you can get in young and you should but no one did what i did but i kept my eye on the ball i kept <laughs> i kept asking the lord to keep to guide my life 
I depended on the Holy Spirit. That was very important to me. But I did something that no one I had ever done do at such a late point in their life. But my goodness, from that point on, did that, did Switzerland, did Broadway, came in here, did the Venetian, all with Hal Prince. Hal Prince is the greatest, maybe the greatest director Broadway's ever known, at least one of the great ones. And uh, getting hmm. to work with Hal, getting to work with Andrew, uh, Jillian Lynn, my, my goodness. What an experience. And then, it, because here's the deal. When you went into rehearsal, that's where I learned, okay, let's do our acting. We'll do our acting in rehearsal. That's where you did it. Once you got on stage, no more acting. You were that role. And that's what the rehearsal taught you. You were working with people all of a sudden that were there seriously. And if anybody got uppity or began to develop a primo donna, primo donna attitude, there was no questions. There's the door. They didn't last long. Yeah. And I lo- look, the people I was working with, they were serious. This was real. We worked together and we were solving problems all the time on stage. I loved that. And I was learning from the older performers. Boy, was I learning great things. The way that they approach things. You know, every show is different. My job uh, as Pianji, as one of the leads, was uh, to, to kind of get the reaction from the audience in, in, with, with humor. I was falling off the elephant. I was, you know, shaking my uh, uh, sword to everybody. And, uh, and I was telling people they're amateurs and blah, blah, blah. But I was watching the older performers and I was learning and I realized every night was a jewel. Why? Because every audience brought something different. And it was a joy, man. Every Carlotta that I worked with, uh, because I worked with a lot of understudies because the roles were very difficult to sing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because Andrew Lloyd Webber would write in the cracks of the voice in in between parts to, to add tension. I was singing C sharps. Tenders don't like to sing C-sharps. Hmm. Well-trained in my doctoral program. So, yes, it worked out. But uh, well, you, anyway. hit a, you hit a couple of points. I have a question for you. The, yeah. You talk about how you were, you were solving problems as you went along. And whatever you're doing, whether it's a business like mine, it's a, as an athlete, as an artist, as a parent, yeah. aren't you constantly, or in a relationship, right? You're constantly pivoting and readjusting. I think of the GPS, you know, recalculating, you know, we're, we're constantly doing that. And it's interesting because I'm in the middle of a startup right now for one of the companies we're partnered with. We've been in there. We keep referring to it as a construction zone for the first year of pre-launch And some people come in and get involved. It's a franchise or a new franchisee and they get frustrated because it's not working perfectly yet. And others of us who've been down that road and we've been through multiple startups and we're like, guys, this is normal, right? Yes, it's normal. You're right. You You just have to be really water off a duck's back. You hit the nail on the head, I think, where you said they were serious about being there. They were focused on the task at hand. This was a profession. It's not just a hobby, but they're also flexible. And that's a it's a critical blend of those two. You're f- resolute in your focus and your intent, but you also have to be malleable and willing to float, you know, go with the flow and roll with the punches and reassess, readjust, re- recalculate, and pivot constantly. Yeah. To ever get to that highest level, would you agree? No, look, and you're really you're really talking my language, and I'm and I'm realizing, my goodness, great disciplines all have the same uh, uh, parts to them, uh, the the same principles. That's what's really exciting to me because in my business, yeah, I had a Carlotta, but it was a very difficult role. She's singing high E's, E flats. That that's outrageous. And so I had a, a group of understudies that I would have to work with. Well, they didn't always hit their mark when they got on stage, or they weren't where the lights were, or they I had to find a way to move them where they needed to be, or they were saying lines in a way that I had to find a different reaction to. You see, I had to make my character so flexible that I was not just doing what I had, you know, it was wrote. No, 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 no. I had to know the parameters of this character to know that he might say one of a hundred different things in that situation. Right. That's what a great performer does. Isn't it interesting, Larry, how when you're a true professional, I believe you are both teacher and student. 
you one continue to learn. We're talking about constantly be, having a coach and mentors, and you were looking at those who are the veterans, right? And learning from everything they did. You weren't just focused on what you're doing. You're focusing on who had trod the path before you, but you also were giving back because one of the very best ways to improve one and find more satisfaction in your life, I believe is to serve, to serve others. You obviously do that as a pastor. You were doing that as a coach. You were helping other people. I don't know if you were getting paid for that or just doing it because they needed it, but I think invariably it was an important need that you were filling, but didn't it also make you a better performer yourself? Look, it, it, these are all, I'm going to shock your audience. Maybe these are biblical principles. I totally agree. To be first shall be last. And he who will be last shall be first. The whole idea, the thing of really serving God, in my opinion, is to become a servant. To me, there is no greater joy in my life than to finding a need someplace and finding a way if I can become malleable, you've used that wonderful word, uh, in a way that I can take my giftings. Because look, Patrick, all of us have great gifts that I believe God's given us, but they're not the same gifts. There are different sequence or different grouping of gifts. But when you come together, like a cast does, and you begin to put those gifts together, then a tapestry a tapestry comes out of it that is connected, cohesive, and has greater power. It, it's like, like a when you when you perform, you become greater than the sum of your parts. You do. This is, and I know that happens in business. I know it certainly happens in ministry. It happens in teaching and blah, you know, forth so forth and so on. But it is a great joy because you walk away knowing that you were part of something that really changed someone's life. Absolutely. You, I always say that one plus one equals two, and some people will even say, no, no, one plus one equals three when you're working together. That's right. Yeah. I always say one plus one is 11 if you stand side by side. <laughs> so, I agree, my friend. I agree. The very true principle, and I agree it's biblical or even an eternal principle that applies in, in everything we do. And sometimes we forget it, right? We're we're so focused on our job, our talent, our our passion. We we forget to look up to those who've gone before, and we look at, we forget to look outward to those who we can bring along with us and those we can serve along the way. And we do that, we we will change their lives, change ourselves, and also change our world. And we are up against our next break, but I'm really enjoying this conversation, Larry. This is fantastic. Um, don't go away. If you're listening, we will be right back with Larry Moore, Larry Wayne Morbid. I always want to, I keep wanting to say Marabito. <laughs> it's on, just, just remember Larry Wayne. <laughs> Larry Wayne. We'll be right back, folks. Don't go away. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888 684 3122 to learn more today. That's 888 684 3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Welcome back to Finding Certainty. This is Patrick Lang with Larry Wayne Morbid. Larry Wayne, my good friend and consummate performer, in fact, if you and your company or organization, your church, your nonprofit, if you're looking for a stellar presentation, 
We'll share Larry's contact information at the end of the show today and encourage you to reach out to him. He still performs constantly and would love to come to you wherever that might be. He has yet to perform in Antarctica. So if you're down in Antarctica, (laughs) he's been on about every other continent. Uh, Australia or Antarctica, right? Right, Larry? Absolutely. Uh, I'm ready to go, man. (laughs) Those are the only two left on your bucket list. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know... um, we were talking about how um, how it, important it is to look outward and to work together and to realize that we're both learning and and if 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 we're giving we have a two two things happen we gain more out of it and we leave an impact right we leave a legacy and it's about so much more than just making an income it's making a difference or about not just doing good work but but doing. Uh, or doing business, but actually doing good work. And it's a big part of our business. We have a, I was telling you on the break about this program we recently rolled out called the Preventative Healthcare Initiative. And it's a, mm-hmm. it's a government program that pays $2,000 per employee to the employer. They get about 500 of it in a FICA tax credit. The other 1500 goes to pay for a life insurance policy and a free wellness plan and free counseling and a dietitian and I mean, even pet insurance, there's like literally 15 benefits for the employees and they're all paid for by the government. And the reason they're doing it, because you and I were talking about rising cost of Medicare, they're doing it to help America get healthy. They're doing it to offset and help hopefully reduce the cost of Medicare in the years to come. And it's actually a a bipartisan venture because the Democrats, they like social good programs and benefits for people. And the Republicans like programs that that put people back to work and help them stay to work and get to work. And, and so they're both supportive. This is a long-term plan. Anyone out there who owns a business, if you have at least 10 W-2 employees, let us know because we can help. And it costs you literally nothing out of pocket, puts money back in your pocket and gives benefits to your employees. And I love that because it's it yes. just... It, it, it meets this principle we're talking about, about serving others, working together, trying to do some good, looking forward to the future, not just focused on the past or focused on the present. I love that. So anyway, a little plug. But um, as we wind down with you, Larry, is there a memory from your time in on Broadway that stands out? Maybe a, a special performance or a a lesson or... As you look back on your career, this illustrious career, is there something that really jumps out at you? Well, it's probably hard to choose from all of them, right? It's usually it's usually some of the funny things that have happened that uh, that get your attention. But what I loved about it is the audience. An audience very rarely knows if something's going wrong. (laughs) Right. I tell my salespeople that they don't know if you said it wrong. Just it's the first time they've heard it, right? Well, see, that's the point. Uh, lights have gone out, things have, have gone out, and 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 it's the way that the performers react to it. There was a night that a lot a lot of the um, uh, the, the the leadership was there. Uh, Hal Prince, Andrew Lloyd, and I got nervous, and I had to go out and say. Uh, furtively will scoff and quaff, stealing what in truth is mine when it's late and modesty starts to mellow with the wine. No, I went out there and said, furtively will fish and floss. (laughs) And I got, (laughs) I'm going every, I know they're all up in the balcony listening to this. And all of a sudden these words came out and the partner with me in the scene is turned up stage with his arms out me. And you can see him shaking with laughter and I finished that whole thing. Furtively, we'll fish and floss. Fleety, flighty, fluty, fly. Petey's lighting, tooting, kai, lighting. I mean, I'm making up words and, and syllables, but I did it with compassion. And I did it with conviction. I didn't see to do it. And at, at the end of the show, I get a call over the intercom. Would Larry Wayne please come to the office? And, and so I, I took a piece of paper. I put wrote in big letters my resignation. I walked in that office and for 10 minutes they all sat there laughing their heads off. Really? Because it it was hysterical and 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 they they had they knew that no one in the audience really caught on. Yeah. Because we kept focused, we stayed focused. When holes in the and see in 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 the phantom stage, 
There's a lot of candelabras coming up. There's a lot of different. Sometimes those holes didn't close. Oh, no. He fell through one of them one time. Oh, jeez. Okay? Well, you can't imagine. And she, she broke her teeth. But the audience didn't know what was going on. Everyone stayed focused. Everyone kept going on. They, I mean, it's this is life. Things happen. Things yeah. are terrible. We need to mourn when it's time to mourn. We need to support one another in grief when those things happen. But we need to support one another when things get difficult. We need to fill in gaps, and we need to know how to do that with a helping arm and love, a word, but be there for people. Sometimes it even means money. I don't care what it is, but we learn that we are a tapestry. And if the hole develops in that tapestry, let's fill it. I have no consternation about that. I I resonate with that, Larry. Um, You think of what the difference between one strand of yarn or twine or thread compared to the beauty and grandeur and use and everything of a of a whole tapestry you know i think of a, the quilts my grandmother used to to, yes. to make with one piece of material it was nothing but she put it into this amazing design with multiple colors and layers and everything and that's isn't that how life is and business it and is how life is it's it's taking it's taking our weaknesses and finding a way to make them strengths yeah it's an extraordinary gift of a leader you know but so so let me ask you this what is one bit of advice just in closing you would give to anyone who's pursuing their passion whether it's in in the arts like you or in athletics or business what's one bit of counsel you would give and then if you wouldn't mind sharing your website or however uh, people can get a hold of you let me tell you that's a very great question you're the one that has to have the conviction that you can do it. You're the one that has to know that there is either a calling, an anointing, whatever you want to say, but you're the one because the people around you will not always see it. No matter how much they love you, they will not always see it, and they will not always have the encouraging words, but you have to have that conviction, and it is your conviction. And people like you, people you uh, respect in that business, that's, that's who you look to. And I think that's important. If you you'll find all kinds of information on my site, site Larry Wayne M, Larry Wayne M.com. And uh, you'll be able to get a hold of me, whatever. You'll see all kinds of stuff. Well, we have a special treat for you all today. We're going to cut the show short by a few minutes. And so you can actually hear one of Larry's songs. What's the name of the song you're going to be singing? Down from His Glory. It's a Christmas song. <laughs> actually, it's to the tune of Oso so people wow. will recognize the melody. Well, this is our special Christmas broadcast. It's December 22nd today. And uh, so Merry Christmas to anyone out there. Happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. This is the time of year where we reflect on our blessings. We hopefully are looking a little bit more outward and less inward. Yes. And I know from experience that that is when I find the greatest joy and satisfaction. I know you agree, Larry. Absolutely. As a pastor, you know, we were talking about ways we can help give back with our company. We do, uh, we raise unlimited funding for nonprofits. And it is my favorite part of our business. It's my favorite part of what we do. Larry, you're a great example to me of someone who continues to give back and pay it forward and serve others in multiple capacities and just from our community and from our listeners from my team, I just want to say thanks personally for all you do. And Thank we really appreciate you and, and your example to us, my friend. So Thank you, Thank you for the opportunity to share. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Happy holidays, everybody. And Larry, thanks for being on Finding Certainty today. And uh, I wish you the very best and enjoy the performance. Uh, it'll be right following this uh this uh, broadcast here on the end and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, I was blown away the first time I heard you sing Larry. So I'm really pleased to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. A pleasure. A real joy. Thank you, my friend. Take care and happy holidays. Same to you.
Savior King. And Jesus was his name, born in a manger to his own astray. sorrows, tears, and agony. Oh, how I love him, I adore him, my breath, my sunshine. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Finding Certainty. We hope you've gained some more insight into how to create more certainty in your own business or nonprofit. Join us next week for another taste of the certainty experience. Until then, we wish you greater certainty in all that you do.